Hello, this is Lady Sarah, and you are listening to The Basement Lounge. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, and settle in, because you're in The Basement Lounge. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is for you guys. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Basement Lounge. We're sitting in with a with a first-time guest. He's a guy I, I met a few years ago and uh, stayed in touch ever since, and he's from around these parts, he he makes people laugh. He makes them go ooh ah. Uh, he is Matt Stanley. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, man. Welcome to the show. Good to finally have you on. We've talked about this a few times, and we finally made it happen. Um, yeah. You are a you are a magician and a comedian, and um, it's not a combination you see very often. No, not not really. I mean it. There, uh, there are some of us out there, but, you know, you kind of, I grew up uh, with the amazing Jonathan and, you know, Matt King and Michael Finney are all uh, all comedy magicians that kind of paved the way as far as magicians working in comedy clubs and comedy venues and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a unique little uh, niche. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned the amazing Jonathan. He, he's one that like, like uh, was one of my favorites growing up. Um, and, and now lately there's been this like wave of documentaries about him, like two or three, uh, that have come out in the last couple of years about the guy. Um, you know, what a, what a weird cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that each one of those documentaries gets a little more bizarre than the last one too. It kind of opens up another door each time. Um, I think I think my favorite one is the one that's on Hulu right now. It's just called the Amazing Jonathan documentary, and you find out that like it's it's it, the documentary ends up becoming more about the documentary itself than about Jonathan because it's he finds out like in the filming that there's like three other crews filming at the same time, right. and, they're, and, they're, the, and the one guy's been doing it for like five years or something like yeah. that, or maybe even longer than that. <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah, he uh, that guy Jonathan is. Well, just just go go watch the documentaries, guys. It's it's a it's a hell of a story. Roller coaster. Yeah, Roller coaster, so. it's, it's wow. Yeah, um, especially considering he disappears from the documentary for like a good thirty minutes. But anyway, um, we're here to talk about we're here to talk about Matt Stanley. Um, so which which came first? Was it the magician aspect or was it the comedy aspect? Uh, definitely the magician aspect. I got a magic kit for my sixth birthday. Um, you know, it's kind of a common gift for a kid that age to, to receive, uh, lots of kids get it and just, you know, it lasts for a, a month or two. Uh, for me, it just kind of, uh, it took off. I was really interested in it. I tell people that uh, it was a gag gift from my parents when they gave me the kit, but the uh, jokes on them, cause I do this for a living now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so the, the magician side of it definitely came first. I used to do um, you know, not real serious magic, like, you know, uh, macabre or anything like that, but uh, and nothing like real dark or anything. But I did start off as more of a, a serious magician, tuxedo, tails. Um, oh, wow. You know, I had a, an act where I produced birds, uh, doves yeah. and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And I did the some of the classic stuff, uh, you know, sawing a lady in half and you know, making them appear and disappear and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then I, I ended up developing, uh, there, there are, you know, like, just like comedy competitions, there are magic competitions that happen and they happen all around the world, but they, in the U S they happen on a regional and a national level. 
Um, and then even an international level as well, they bring them to North America. Some of the international competitions are in a different city every year, almost like the Olympics would be. And um, yeah, so I, uh, I put together a couple competition acts and I had some success with those. They were bird acts. And then um, around the time that uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and Cutthroat Island and all that were really popular, I got contacted um, someone asking me if I could do a movie premiere uh, as dressed as a pirate, just do magic, but as a pirate. And it kind of gave me the idea from that point that, you know, it might be kind of cool to have a pirate themed act. And I already at the time in my show, I had doves and I had an umbrella cockatoo. So a parrot. Um, and, and that was the, the parrot was the finale production of the show kind of, you know, i produced a bunch of handkerchiefs from nowhere and then the bird appeared out of the handkerchiefs um so when i did the pirate act i got a blue and gold macaw and that was the finale so i produced the one big bird at the beginning and then the macaw um at the end of the act because a pirate has to have you know a parrot on their shoulder mm -hmm. um so yeah so it, uh, and that that act took me around a lot i won a lot of uh regional and national and international uh, magic awards with that one. Um, it became increasingly difficult to tour with an act like that because not only is it a lot of birds and you know some bigger props and that kind of thing were involved, but it also uh, you know just you have you know you have to transport all those birds and vet certificates to fly with them. Oh yeah, and and all kinds of stuff. It was it was crazy. So um, yeah, and then all, all like the bird flu stuff hit and everything. <laughs> so um, so at that time I'd kind of been developing doing a little more uh, patter, you know, talking based material, and kind of had a you know a decent comedy timing at that time. Just I, I think that's something that you can definitely hone, but I think you also have to have some kind of a foundation for it at, at the beginning. It's not so much something you can learn as much as, you, you know, you kind of have to have a little bit of that um, early on. So, yeah, so it, it kind of went more for the, for the comedy side. And then it was a, a show that I could tour with a lot easier and just a one man show, very few props and uh, basically like a, you know, briefcase. I could, it was, was all my props. So I went from, I went from having to, you know, ship 250 pounds worth of props and eight birds to a briefcase that I can carry on a plane with me. Just for those one, he's like, Oh, we got to lay Oh, what, what's that? The, fl the flight's been delayed a couple hours. Well, just so nobody gets bored. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Open the briefcase. Next thing you know, TSA's yeah. tagging you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. That's, that's that's the thing it's like uh everyone that travels on planes and goes through tsa they're like oh i can't believe what they you know make me go through and that kind of thing imagine having some of the weird crap that a magician <laughs> travels with i mean something i found out the hard way is i use playing cards mm. a deck of playing cards going through an x-ray is fine two decks of playing cards going through an x-ray is fine three is fine mm. four apparently looks the same as c4 explosives oh, when they're looking geez. at the x-ray so if you have four decks of cards that are in a, the corner of a case stacked together, apparently that has the oh, same density geez. of an explosive. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, I thought you were about to tell me that like they just didn't they just didn't allow that many playing cards or something. Yeah, there's an embargo. There's on an embargo. The on playing playing cards. Cards. <laughs> 
like three three decks of playing cards. That's fine. Four decks of playing cards. That's a little suspicious. Yeah. Who's playing that? Who, who's playing that much solitaire on an airplane? Come on. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of solitaire. Uh, I actually, I, when I was traveling with the Bird Act, um, I had my my blue and gold macaw got loose in the cabin of the plane while we were flying. Oh no. Um, I was heading out to uh, compete in a competition in Las Vegas. And it's a it was a, a big deal. The World Magic Seminar. They had uh, you had to send in a videotape to get submitted, much like a you know comedy festival or contest that okay. kind of thing. And uh, they accept you know so many people. They limit it. And uh, yeah, so I got a, I got accepted to go out. I was 17 years old, so I'm still like my my mom and stepdad are are traveling with me at that time still. And ordinarily, I had a kennel that would go under the plane. Uh, and they put them, the animals, it's all safe. They put them in a pressurized cabin and all that kind of thing. It's, but the, it was too cold. And in between the airport terminal and the plane itself, um, they, they have a, an issue with that. It was in January. And if it's below, like, I believe it's 30 degrees or something like that, they don't allow that to happen. So we had to uh, buy kennels from the airline and carry them on the plane. And the bird chewed like, a softball size hole in the side of the kennel because this is a bird that has like a 2000 pound of pressure per square inch, you know, beak. Right. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I look up about the time I realize there's a huge hole in the side of the cage. The bird is now flying around, pops out and is flying around the inside of the plane. And then now I don't have anything to contain it because I can't put it back in this kennel because clearly it can just, sure. Yeah. You know, pop right back out. So, the bird was trained. Uh, if I held my hand up, she would land on my hand, and she did that. And about that time, she took about the biggest diuretic crap you've ever seen in your life right on the floor. Uh, it was, it was a mess. Uh, oh man, you got some. Pe- you got a lot of people's uh, tickets refunded that day, my friend. You know, I'm pretty sure I did. And the, the other thing is too is like I could never get them to to cop to this, but for about two years after that. Every time I would fly that random security checkpoint, I got 100% of the time. So I think that they've like black flagged me or something in the system. And, you know, like it was had something special on my ticket that was like, oh, check this guy out. He's, this guy. He has, he has the terrorist birds. It's the guy with his birds. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that's funny. Um, so you, what, cause, uh, you, I, I love the, I love the videos you, you'd post online of the, like the trick of the day and trick of the week, trick, yeah, of, the, trick of the week rather. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, how, yeah. Did, how did that get started, man? Just, uh, I just, you know, I kind of wanted to build some, some online presence and that kind of thing. And it gave me a goal, um, you know, it gave me something to, to do every week and it gave me a deadline and it gave me an excuse to work on new material because, a lot of the stuff that I did for those videos wasn't anything that was in my standard repertoire. Mm. It was something that, you know, I, I would film, edit, post, and then I'd pretty much get right back onto, okay, what am I going to do next week? And it always gave me something to kind of drive for and gave me a, a reason to, uh, you know, come up with new material and, and new ways of doing things. And, uh, and some of the stuff, you know, made it into my, my working repertoire. Some of it was I did it for the video and that was that was it. Um, but just, yeah, it came about to give me a deadline, but it's it was really beneficial. I did it. Uh, I did it every week for two years. So there yeah. are 104 trick of the week videos. And now I, I still post stuff randomly, but I don't do 
you know, do it weekly. My goal was to do it for one year. And then I, before I knew it, I, you know, I'd done like 57 of them and I'm like, eh, well, I'll do it a little longer. I'll do it another six months. And then I was like, ah, I've gone this far, but it does, it does become more and more difficult every week coming up with something, you know, new to do for it. But it built a, it helped me build an online presence. Uh, if someone wants to hire me for something, they can go on and, you know, I have, you know, over a hundred videos on there of just of different things so they can get an idea of what you know what they're paying for i guess so that's really cool you know nowadays like you mentioned earlier people are all about like the, the demo reels and sending in the the tapes out so you know every once in a while it, it, it's good to have just have some pad just some extra stuff you can throw in right. if you find yourself short on footage right and i and i also i had people that you know my demo reels and sizzle reels and everything they're out there um, and they're on my website and they're on YouTube and all that kind of stuff on Facebook. But, um, there, you know, I had people that would call me to book me for shows that they didn't ever, they didn't see my demo reel, at least not at first. They, you know, were browsing through YouTube or whatever. And my, one of my videos would pop up and they'd watch it and then start watching, you know, more and more videos. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they realize how many are, are there. So they end up, you know, end up actually turning into bookings. So it's a, it's a fine line. Cause it's like, you know, putting out a, a lot of free content can be a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes if you're doing too much for free, then people don't have any reason to pay for it. Right. <laughs> you know, or they, so. look at you, or they look at you funny. Like, what do you mean? I got to pay for this now. Like, right. well, exactly. Yeah. You did all this for free. Why do I have to pay? <laughs> yeah. so. as, as a comedian, I get it. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> you got to pay you to come up on stage. It'd be nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it should be nice. Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, with, you know, you remiss, we didn't mention, you know, right now with, with the, the COVID situation and everything, uh, you know, booking gigs, finding work when you do that kind of thing for a living, increasingly difficult have you been i mean how, how you been uh dealing with all that so far uh i i think i've been dealing with it pretty well but it's not yeah. uh it's definitely not a great situation yeah. uh i had uh you know tens of thousands of dollars worth of work fall out uh on me i mean some of it hopefully will reschedule but it's all the stuff that didn't cancel is now like a, a tbd you know for a makeup date for it just before all this happened, uh, back in November of 2019, I started uh, working on cruise ships. So oh, I, wow. I got, yeah, so I performed on, I performed seven cruise ship contracts between November and the middle of March. And, and I had more booked. And then obviously with everything canceling, you know, cruises ended up canceling altogether. Yeah. And the ships are, you know, were just, they sent all the, the if they were non-essential people they sent them all home and obviously weren't having passengers or anything like that so and that's still you know just like everything else that that hasn't come back and i mean they're yeah. they're saying august of this year that it will but i mean it that's just kind of a speculation that yeah. that may not end up happening it's just kind of only time will tell i mean a cruise ship in the states was kind of the, what kind of got this whole thing started in the first place when we had that that one in the news that was docked for like two weeks or something like that. And right. And they weren't letting anyone off. And they're yeah. Just, yeah. But, they, they had, they had tons of ships, you know, hundreds of ships were just kind of either in a port or just anchored out at sea, um, you know, with a, a skeleton crew on them. And, you know, some of them are still 
like that. A lot of them are down in the Bahamas and then some of them went to, you know, they sent them over to Europe and that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a crazy situation. And just even the, even the short amount of time that I did it, I got to know a lot of people, um, inter other entertainers and, you know, just crew members. And, um, you know, I'm friends with them on Facebook and Instagram and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I know people that are currently still trapped on ships, you know, they're, they're not getting paid, you know, nothing. And they're, they're pretty much, it's like being in prison. They have to stay in their cabin, Yeah. you know, so very sad. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, that's definitely an industry that I, I think will, it'll come back, but yeah. it might be a little longer for that to bounce back than, you know, than everything else. But it, it's definitely, it's one of my favorite markets that I, that I performed in. Cause I do, I do comedy clubs, you know, corporate and private events. And then, you know, and ships and out of those, uh, you know, the, the ships are, are a lot of fun to do. And, um, Hey guys, this is Mike Shea and I want to talk to you about Anchor. Yes, Anchor is the brand new free way for you to get your podcast career off and running without any cost to you. Simply download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast to give you everything you need in one place for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds play magnifique without having to worry about all the costly setup. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. They set you up with awesome sponsors. All you got to do is record a script, kind of like what I'm doing now, throw it onto your show and start making money. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get your podcast career off and running right now just do it already. You know, I, I was uh, doing fly on performances, so it's not like I'm, I don't live on the ship or something like that. I just, I go on and I do my shows and I leave. So the, the most I was ever on a ship was six days. Oh, and okay. Was, and, and that was doing, I actually did two contracts. I did um, rather than me getting on when the passengers get on, uh, I got on, on like their third port, like mm. their third stop of a seven day cruise. So I'd be on like the last three days of one cruise and then the passengers would get off and new passengers would get on. And then I would do the first three days of the, the second cruise. So it was like, you know, I got on in the Bahamas and it went to new Orleans and then mm -hmm. new Orleans to uh, Jamaica. And I got off in Jamaica and, and flew home. So it's like, so I've been a lot of really cool places because of the cruise ships. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times it's just the airport. Right. Like, te <laughs> technically, I've been to Jamaica now, but I've been to uh, I've been to the cruise ship port. Uh, I've been in a cab on the from the cruise ship port to the airport, and I've been in the airport. So that's a. Uh, that's about it. That's that's still though, like just just to say that you've done that, and like I'm terrified of boats. You'll never see me on a cruise ship ever, ever. Never gonna happen. Oh, yeah? But no, nah, it's not, mm, 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 no. Not I, don't, I, I, I don't like flying, and I don't like boats. Flying, I'll do if I have to. I prefer to just drive, man. I know every, yeah, every, uh, everyone always says like, oh, you're more likely to 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 have a car wreck than a plane wreck. It's like, yeah, but I'm also more likely to walk away from the car wreck than the plane wrecks. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, I will tell you, if you don't like flying and don't like boats, cruise ships are definitely not in your future then because uh, from, from November to the end of February, uh, I flew 32,000 miles. 
Good just, lord. J- just just working ships only. Do you rack uh, up the frequent flyer miles? Or? I do. Yeah, yeah. They pay. That's that's the cool thing. It's like uh, it's, it's like uh, they buy, I fly, and I get to keep the miles. So <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a good uh, that's a good thing. Now, what I will say is uh, the downside to it is not booking your own travel. Uh, mm. All the cruise lines they'll do. You know, if if they can save twelve dollars and send you you know, 600 miles out of the way and have an extra layover, they will do that. So that's, that's, I, I'm not complaining because I do rack up the miles in the segments for doing all that, but it's, that is one of those things. It's like, yeah. Uh, what's that in there? Like there's an old song. It's like went from Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, Tacoma, you know, and right. like all this, like, <laughs> you know, I was like, wait a second. We went here to here to here to here to get to here. I don't, <laughs> I I've had that. I've had that. I was, when I was still living down South, uh, I was flying up here to Dayton to visit my family and I flew from Columbia, South Carolina to Detroit, Michigan. So I passed Dayton. And yeah. then had to come back down. And what was funny was the plane that took me from Detroit to Dayton, by far the shorter leg of the flight, was twice the size of the plane that took me from Columbia to Detroit, which was like, you know, I was like, so how come the shorter trip gets the bigger plane? Right. Because in my fear of flight, my thought was, but the bigger plane has more gas. I won't go. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That It, it is weird. I, now, you said you say Detroit, so. I I'm I've gotten pretty good at this because I've flown like all the airlines. So when, when people start telling me where they make connections, I like to guess uh, what airline they were on. So I'm going to guess and I'm not 100%, but it sounds like you were on Delta. I'm always on Delta. <laughs> okay. There you go. It's yeah. not, it's not a preference. It's just when it comes to booking my flights, I always seem to wind up on with getting the, this is not an ad. Trust me, I'm not. Right. But I always just seem it, to wind up getting the better deal. Sponsoring with your show, unless you guys awesome. want to, I will. I will get over my fear of flying right the hell now. Yeah, um, you can start doing your podcast on a plane, please. You know, if they if they book you and your guest on the flight somewhere, <sighs> then you just do the podcast on the plane. Step aside, Joe Rogan. Um, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always. But yes, it was Delta. I always just seem to wind up on Delta for some reason. I I I don't do it on purpose. It's just I shop and I shop and. In terms of because I want as I want as few layovers as possible because yeah. they stress me out and just <laughs> I remember one time, um, so that that exact same trip when I flew out of Dayton to go back home, I had never heard of the Honor flight before because I I didn't live around here I didn't know that was a okay, thing okay yeah and I wound up on the same plane as the Honor flight well it turns out that a girl I currently work with at my at my job right now. That was her first year working the honor flight. So she and I were on the same plane together seven years before we ever actually met each other. Oh, wow. Which was, which was cool to find out. But it was also weird to get off in Baltimore at the layover. And I, they, they, they let us off the plane first. And I walk out the door and there's this, this, this huge parade of people in uniforms applauding because they thought I was with the honor flight. Then they stopped and I was really confused. Yeah. You didn't know. Was, did they have like a band and stuff? They had a band. It was everything. But then I also, yeah. I, I still had to walk through that tunnel of people who were sitting there thinking they were supposed to be saluting me at first. And I was like, no. People just, holding up signs, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Did they, did they do the thing where they spray the plane with the water like when yeah the plane and they like arch the water arch the water and stuff like that that's, yeah. yeah that's i was so crazy. confused <laughs> didn't know like, what, what was going on. It's like can you imagine if that's the first time you ever 
flew on a plane and that's what you expected every time. Like people oh, applauding when you get up. <laughs> You're like, wow, man, the, they really take this, uh, this flying stuff seriously. What's, uh, you got, you got any horror stories? Uh, like just, just where everything, like as far as the traveling goes, like, you know, just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Well, I think the bird thing. The bird thing. I mean, the bird thing. That's a pretty, there, yeah. I don't know that I can top that one. That one's pretty bad. Um, I, I, you know, I just, anyone that travels a lot has, has weird things that happen. Um, I, I've had them several times where I'm mid flight and it doesn't look like I'm going to make my connection. So they automatically reschedule my flight and strand me in an airport for, you know, eight hours or whatever. So that kind of stuff happens. Um, as far as on stage horror stories. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I told you, I used to do the stuff where you saw in the lady in half and the bigger, yeah stuff, uh, like that i actually i actually have a garage full of I, limbs of, of all that stuff <laughs> uh, but uh i had uh i had a thing that's like uh picture a, a box that's suspended on a, a tabletop that's on wheels um no uh, let me i'm trying to think of something a frame of reference for ba- basically picture like a, a mini fridge like a college fridge turned on its side it's okay. about the size of this box and then it's like on a table yeah um and the idea was that this box gets rolled out and I have this feather boa and I toss the feather boa inside of the box. The front of it's open. They can see into it. And then uh, a flash of fire and sparks goes off and I lift the lid off and all four walls of the box fall. And my assistant is there wearing the feather boa. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to go. Um, as it's, the stagehand is rolling the box out on stage, one of the legs buckles and the box flips over and it just so happened to flip onto the side that the switch that sets the pyro off is on so now it falls and then ignites the pyro and the pyro was set to just kind of go off at the bottom of the box and it just kind of showers sparks and a puff the sparks go to the floor a puff of smoke goes up okay instead of that happening imagine it laying on its back and it's shooting straight up into the air oh, no. just over the stagehand shoulder. And then the, not like a big fire, but the box is now on fire at the same time. Keep in mind, uh, I, I hate to burst anyone's bubble. Magic isn't real. She's hidden away inside of the box somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it's very, it looks very good. It's very deceptive. But uh, when the box falls, the assistant is now like tumbling across oh, the stage. No. Um and so the box has a little fire going on on top of it. The stagehand about lost his head with a ball of sparks and fire. Uh, the box is laying on the ground. She's over there. And my assistant, had, she had been grew up in a magic family. Um, and I wasn't the first magician that she'd uh, worked with before. And she was a true professional. So during this, what does she do? She stands up and goes, ta-da, arms in the air. <laughs> And the audience starts applauding and you can kind of look out and on their face, they have this look like that was weird, but all right, you know, and, and they're like, and, uh, and then, you know, and then I didn't even acknowledge it. I just, we rolled on you to move the on. Next thing and, and just moved on. And it's really weird. Minus the, the peop- other people that were on the show and the stage hands, no one said anything. We did a meet and greet after the show. No one mentioned it. So I'm either they, just didn't want to embarrass me or we played it off really well. I, I, I'd like to think we just played it off so well that they uh, forgot about it, but I, I don't know. 
It's, <laughs> that's one of those. That's it's an old school theater rule, man. You mess up on stage, you make it look like it's on purpose, and you just you just move on. Absolutely. The, the ship will Absolutely. the ship will write itself eventually. Um, yeah, and, and kudos to her for being for being a an ultimate professional. I would have absolutely, yeah. I would have yeah. I would have just you know been like, all right, show's over, we're done. It's just fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a, that's a, again that's that comedian mentality. If you like, you're on stage, your set's not going well. All right, I think I'm done. I had more. We're just gonna we're just gonna be done. We're just gonna leave. Just, <laughs> I was hoping for a better a stronger finish than that. But I'm just gonna. <laughs> I had five. I had five minutes. I'm gonna use three. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, right now, uh, you know, like we're, we're recording this via zoom, like, have you considered like in, in the off time, especially right now, like maybe like doing like some, it's like some, like some web magic shows or something like that. Or Yeah, I've done, I've done a few, uh, you know, virtual shows. Um, and then I've, you know, done some kind of interview based stuff where I'll perform some magic on, uh, on some shows like that. But I actually, today I, for for July, I booked a couple of, uh, you know, zoom shows that, oh, cool. um, you know, so, so I'm doing that. It's, uh, it, it's definitely nice to have the option to do that, but it is not my favorite way. I mean, you know, as a performer, we feed off the reaction of the crowd. Yeah. And if someone has to unmute their mic to laugh or clap, it's not really, you know, Ta-da! You, you don't three, yeah. two, one. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's just kind of, that makes it a a little bit different but it is certainly better than than nothing at all but um stuff is starting to open back up slowly it is yeah and and some some comedy clubs i think they're actually opening up some of them are opening up a little sooner than i expected i'm not i'm not saying they're opening up too early i'm just saying earlier than i personally expected it to happen that but um i think the uh, wiley's is opening up this weekend Oh, are they? Yeah, they're okay. doing shows. That Mike Wells booked 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 up some shows. I think I think every I think it's I think it's one on Friday, two on Saturday, and one on Sunday. Okay, um, yeah. is it, is a Sunday an actual one of the shows, or are they doing the Sunday comics on I, Sunday? I think Sunday is just one of the actual shows. I think they're doing it as the whole weekend thing to kick the weekend off, and then I think they're gonna because because then next weekend or the weekend after they're doing fireworks. There's there oh, okay. Karen's Karen's still trying to get the make the fireworks competition happen. So they're doing it right at the end of June rather than in July, I guess, just to try and get it in and get it done because they're, they're trying to get the staff paid is what it is. OK, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because oh, anyone that that's yeah. listening to this and goes, make sure to tip the staff because they haven't yeah. been working for a couple of months. You and know? and what, what's a bummer, too, is most of them, that's a part time job. So I don't think they were I don't I don't know what went on because I know they did some changes to like the unemployment qualifications, but I don't know if they were able to claim. So I got you. So go yeah. to Wiley's this weekend, guys, and pay pay lots of money and buy beer and and, and tip. Yeah, the staff. Um, absolutely. Uh, while we, you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting towards, uh, towards wrapping up here, uh, just, just to, you know, get the superficial questions out of the way. Do you have like, like the favorite trick, uh, or a favorite illusion you've done? Uh, one of my favorite things that I do, and it's kind of been a staple for me for about 15 years now is, uh, the cut and restored rope. And oh, I think yeah. it's just a, it's a really fun, uh, thing to do. Um, it's something that I have done so long and kind of developed my own, um, nuances for it and that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's something that I can do not, I won't say 
I won't say on autopilot, but it's something that I can do. And it's a great gauge for the, of the audience for me, Okay. because I can, I can say, okay, well, they reacted well to this line, this joke, whatever. And then, you know, from there I can easily uh, say, okay, well, that means that this thing that I have in five minutes will probably work or it may not work because if they didn't like that, they're certainly not going to like right. this. And it's just kind of like a barometer of the, of the room for me is I can, right. I can feel out the crowd. Um, and then I'm also, I'm using that time. I, that's something that's going to be really rough for, for magicians in general when shows start coming back is, you know, a lot of, us use audience participation yeah and you know bringing someone up on stage is you know that that's one of the things i've been doing during all of this shutdown is coming up and kind of reworking my show in a way that i can do it that doesn't rely on having audience participation because you know that isn't going to be something that i think i can do right away yeah. but you know in the in the past i kind of use that as a thing it's like I'll, if i see a guy sitting there with his arms crossed like this and you know he's probably not going to be a good person for me to bring up on stage so yeah. but if i see someone that's over there laughing and having a great time and you know they may be a great person to bring up so i'm kind of evaluating you know they're they're judging me but i'm judging them too and right. you know like kind of uh figuring out who you know who would work for what and that kind of thing so well it's kind of the old adage you know if you sit if you're sitting in the front row at either a comedy show or a magic show you're gonna get messed with like like right it's like being in the splash zone at sea world like it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great uh, uh, well matt man i appreciate you coming on the show so where where can the people where can the people find you online where can they find your stuff like where if they want to know more about you Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, on my website is just, it's easy. It's mattstanley.com, uh, two T's and Matt. Um, and then I'm, uh, on all social media, I am at M D S comedy magic. So yeah, I, we didn't, we didn't touch on this. So the earlier in earlier in the year, uh, so for like the last 15 or so years, I've gone by Matthew David Stanley, my full name. Oh, that's true. And yeah. Yeah, so I uh, back in January, I had a, a a guy that I really look up to in the entertainment business, a guy named Gene Anderson. Okay, and he pulled me off to the side and like he said, "I'm worried about you," and like had an intervention. I thought he was going to be like, "Oh, I think you're drinking too much," or something, you know, something like that. But <laughs> you but suck, like, kid. Uh, Give up now. Yeah. yeah, he's like, but you know, he's like, I he said, I've known you almost twenty years, and sometimes I, you know can't remember if it's david matthew stanley matthew david stanley if it's michael david stanley you know i got all that i got checks written to michael david stanley more times than i can oh, count. Often, often enough that you know before mobile deposit i had to take it to the bank and they would accept it because it happened often enough that they knew oh wow it was legit so uh so yeah so i i, I went through a full rebrand and just cut it down to matt stanley and i i thought about do I want to just be Matthew Stanley? And I was like, yeah, Matthew Stanley sounds like an attorney or an accountant <laughs> or something. And, and Matthew David Stanley does sound a little pretentious. So I was like, Matt Stanley sounds like a fun guy. Sounds like your neighbor. Sounds like, you know, a guy that you party with or whatever. So, uh, and it, I, I think it's, you know, hopefully easier for people to remember because nothing kills the the energy when you're about to walk on stage and someone goes please welcome to the stage michael stanley and it's like well that's <laughs> <laughs> you're you're one third there 
one or, third of the name was correct. You know, I, I for some reason have trouble getting people to say my last name right. So a lot of times I get what was this, Mike? Uh, no, don't don't do the uh, don't do the uh, ah, uh, then you just then yeah. you, you lose it. You, yeah, you know that it's going to be. Well, it's like uh, Dave Chappelle on his uh, Inside the Actor Studio interview. The first time we went on stage, they were like, "Ah, we." You know, got a new comic coming up to stage. This is his first time. You may be witnessing history. Please welcome to the stage, Dave Chapali. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those of us cursed with unusual names. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had I had noticed that. I figured I, I wasn't sure if there was a story behind it. I've I've rebranded my shit so many times nowadays. It's like yeah, I don't even notice it. I, when people do it nowadays, I don't even notice it. It doesn't strike me as odd. And it used to be be like oh, he's going by a different name now. Did he get sued? Did somebody come after yeah, him? Because I, I have that problem because I used to go by Michael Shea, but now there's Michael Shea who writes for and is on SNL. Oh yeah, so true. so I had a lot of people who who were telling me they would go search for my stuff on YouTube and they would just see this fucking guy and I'm like, well, that's a problem. I don't yeah. I don't know how to work. You sure look different on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for some people the camera adds ten pounds. For me, it subtracts about a hundred pounds and changes my ethnicity. But yeah, uh, right? <laughs> I don't I, I don't know how to work around that. Just fucking deal with it, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. That's funny. I uh, I always say this like uh, I, you know Matthew David Stanley. So, uh, so now it's just Matt Stanley. I removed the Hugh David, so I think that that like might be an alter ego. That uh, like I like Hugh David is like a character that I can do that he'll say like offensive shit that <laughs> that oh. Matt Stanley would never say. I know? love so that. It's, it's like, just just you with like a mole. Just put like a mole on your cheek and yeah. that's. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, so, like the, the so evil. If you ever see Hugh David, it, it, it could be me. It might be. I I uh, cut to a year from now, like you turn into Larry the Cable Guy. You do Hugh David as a character, and it becomes even more successful than than Matt right. Stanley. Now you're yeah, stuck right. with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great, man. Well, thank you. It's good. It's good to talk to you. It's good to see you. It's it's good. I'm glad to see you're doing well. And uh, and and. And working hard as best you can amid among these strange, unusual times we're living in, man. It's yeah, it's just absolutely. You know, you do what you can, but uh, guys, make sure you check out Matt Stanley on all the social medias. Uh, go to mattstanley.com, get info there. Book him for a Zoom magic show. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but uh, good, good, good to see you again, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you too. Thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Of course, man. So, guys, make sure you check that out. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We'll be back again next week with a new, new interview, new guest, new show. And until then, as always, folks, uh, live well, rock on, take care, and bye bye. Mm-hmm.